Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Let's go to the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Everything you need to know about the NBA. You can find it on hoopswire.com, written by this guy, Sam Amico. Hello, Sammy. Gentlemen, how are you? We are good. How are you? I'm uh, hanging in on this beautiful Northeast Ohio day. I'm still trying to let my nerves calm down after the excitement of the NBA All-Star game. Defense got you all revved up, did it? (laughs) We talked about it at the beginning of our show today, Sam. I'm not the least bit mad. I don't think the guy should go out and play defense. I don't think they should play hard. I don't think they should play to win. Too much money on the line, too much chance to ruin a career and waste you know, an opportunity to make tens and hundreds of millions of dollars. What I think the NBA needs to do is just realize that it doesn't work anymore and do something else. What do you think? Yeah, I wasn't that mad either. And and this has been the first year in a long time that I watched the game from start to finish. Oh, boy. You're um, a glutton. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't know how to feel at the end, but I wasn't mad. I just thought this isn't going to go over well. And sure enough, it didn't. You, you look at the national feedback from it. There's been some talk of maybe they go in a different direction. You know, they tried going back to the East-West format this year. Uh, You heard a lot of legends, and Adam Silver came out ahead of the game saying everybody hopes they play a little harder than they have been. And uh, I thought they were going to, which is why I watched the whole game. And I thought after that third quarter, okay, they're not going to let them score 200 uh, but, but boy, was I wrong. They, they didn't turn up the intensity at all in that fourth quarter. So, you know, it's, it's hard to tell. I, I, I think that you need an all-star game, but we've seen it change in the NFL, you know, and is there going to be something here where really you, you look at, you watch the game and it really was just kind of like a second three point shooting contest. I mean, that's, that's really the way I viewed it is, Guys were just taking threes for the most part. Um, so, yeah, you're right, Jeff. I agree. There's too much money on the line to be – I mean, you'd be really ticked if you're a Milwaukee Bucks fan and Giannis Antetokounmpo, you know, ended up tearing his Achilles or something in yeah. that game, God forbid. So, I don't know. I don't, I don't have the answer to that particular game, though I think it's a problem of, you know, a, a – a part of a larger problem with the league. All right. So Sam, I mean, you say that, look, I I would like to see them play with a little more effort. I'd like to see more defense, but I don't think viewers care. NBA communications put out on X that 11.6 million unique viewers watch the all-star game on all of their platform. The game averaged 5.5 million viewers. It was up 14%. So everyone that's complaining about the game sounds like media Former players. We're not complaining. We just think it's, it's no, but, done. but I mean, I'm like, I'm listening to this. Like, let's get rid of the all-star game. Why would you want to get rid of a TV show that just 
drew 5.5 million viewers. I know it wasn't. I mean, like, I get it from the basketball. It's not a TV show. It's what it is. Mm -hmm. It's not a game that counts in the standings. It's an exhibition where fans just want to see their favorite players. I I just, I'm just listening to, like, the death of this game when I don't necessarily know that it needs to die. No, I, I I agree with you, Andy. I don't think it needs to die. I think that you could potentially come up with some rule changes to to make it, if nothing else, a little you know reasonably scoring because these are going down in the history books. You know, we you look at the history books or the the internet, a great site like Basketball Reference where it, you know lists the all time winners and all time MVPs. I I just think there's there's a little bit too much of a uh, gimmick going on in the NBA. You know, you talk about the in-season tournament, the, the all-star game, maybe you only count threes in the fourth quarter or something, you know, I mean, right. I don't know I like off the top of bad. my head, but, but something along those lines where you make the scoring a little more reasonable, you give a little more incentive to play a little harder you know, I, I I agree with Jeff, though. I, I certainly don't want to see anybody out there getting hurt. At the same time, there's been all-star games going on for about 100 years now, and as far as we know, there's been no major injuries. I think that you can play somewhat hard and protect yourself at the same time. So I, I just think maybe there's some rules that need to be instituted. You know, I heard one guy say that maybe you start fining the losing team. Maybe – Giving them money is an incentive, but taking their money away certainly would be. I think that's going a little too so, far. But Sam, what, Sam, what we said was hey, the winners get $5 million each, the losers get nothing. Well, it worked for the play-in tournament. Yeah. I mean, regardless of what your feelings are about that, we saw teams play a little bit extra hard. We saw, remember, there's a point differential in this play-in tournament. We saw them going hard. For 48 minutes to to get that point differential and get into what would be the quarterfinal. So, yeah, I mean, you know, look, money talks always. It's always a great incentive, no matter how much you're making. So, maybe that's something the league will consider. I don't know. I can tell you this: Adam Silver was not real happy, no. and it was pretty obvious. The fans at the game. I mean, this has to be the first time in All Star history where, you know fans were booing at the end and they were pretty loud. So I'm sure the NBA is aware of that. And you're right, Andy, the ratings are pretty strong. So keep it going, but make some changes to make it a little more friendly to the people who care about basketball as opposed to just the event. Gotcha. You just gave me an idea, Sam. One, Uh you said no threes until the fourth quarter, like maybe one quarter, you're not allowed to shoot threes. The next quarter, you're not allowed to shoot anything but, you know, who knows? Uh, all I, I, I know, I like it. as you said, people booing at the game. The game was played in Indiana. If you're looking to play the game the right way, Indiana might be the state to live in. So even though the Pacers score about 130 a game, I'm sure they didn't appreciate it. All that said, Thursday, Cavs get back going again. Orlando Magic, the opponent. Cavs right now sitting in the second spot in the Eastern Conference. And if you think about the trouble Milwaukee has had with Doc Rivers so far, they're three and seven. And you think about the Knicks in fourth place, and you think about the 76ers without Embiid. 
kind of get the feeling the Cavs have every opportunity to stay that high in the Eastern Conference. Do you? Yeah, I, I really do. Everything's all set up for them for the reasons you just mentioned, and it's because of, you know, Milwaukee seems to be kind of clunking along here under Doc Rivers. I suspect they'll step it up a little bit. But, you know, as long as the Cavs can win – say 65% of their games moving forward, they could probably hold on to that number two seed, which would be huge because then you're probably avoiding New York, probably avoiding Miami in the first round and, 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 you know, matching up with one of these other younger teams, such as the Pacers or the Hawks or, you know, uh, maybe Orlando. Um, One of those teams would be a more ideal first round opponent. So if you're the Cavs, just keep doing what you're doing and and giving yourself an opportunity most nights to win and and you know make this push. This is always when it counts. This is always when the veteran teams get really serious is right after uh the break here with the final what thirty or so games to go. Um and if you're the Cavs, all you gotta do is keep doing what you're doing. Sam, eighteen to twenty, a trip overseas how bad do they need the all-star break just to kind of catch their breath and let their bodies rest? Yeah, I think that, you you know, it's kind of nice always when you only have one all-star as much as the fans get mad. And yeah, Jared Allen probably deserved a, an alternate role or whatever, but you know, you're talking about three or four days of practice. Now they're back at they're reconvening today. So you really didn't get any time off if you're Donovan Mitchell uh, it's been real busy. <clears throat> you know, I asked J.B. Bickerstaff last week, I said, are you going to Indianapolis? He said, no, no, we're taking the time off and can't wait for it, you know, just, just to refresh and recharge a little bit, and, and then we'll get back to it. So I think it's been very valuable from that sense in that, yeah, you have some days off. Now the downside of that is you're rolling as you head into the break. Can you keep that momentum going? I think he can. You know, it's only been a week, and uh, it gives your body some time to heal as well. Sam Amico joining us. Let me me bounce this off of you. And I I like it. I'll I'll just set you up with that. I like it. Uh, In December, before he was hurt, in the month of December, um, Darius Garland averaged 24.5 points a game and took 19.5 shots per game. And the Cavs went three and three in in six games. Since he's been back, they've played nine games. They've gone eight and one. His point scoring from since he's been back uh, compared to December is down twelve points a game. He's just over twelve points a game, and his shots are cut in half as well. Is all that okay? Is it okay for the team? Is it okay for Darius? And can you keep winning that way? Or is that the way to win for this team to kind of make sure the ball keeps moving and everything else? Yeah, I think it's they're at their best when the ball is moving. Um, you know, there's going to be nights where Garland, and I'm sure he knows this, there's going to be nights when he's counted on to take more shots and be a bigger part of the offense. You know, part of it too now, Jeff, is he's still been on a minutes restriction, supposedly. Uh, that last game before the break, he, I think he, you know, J.B. Bickerstaff broke that minutes restriction for both Garland and Mobley. But the way they've been having success, I'm guessing Garland has seen that. And from everything we've seen, 
which was, you know, when he was out, Donovan Mitchell was playing point guard and was the primary facilitator. Right. And here's Mitchell as the star of the team and the leading scorer really looking to move the basketball and, you know, setting his career high and assists twice. Um, so I think Garland noticed that. At least that's what I'm gathering from this because he's really – not only has he come back and really looked to move the basketball first as opposed to shooting first, uh, I, I mean, he's never going to be a great defender, but his effort at that end really since he's been back has probably been the best effort of his career just in that small sample size. So I think that's a huge part of if they're going to continue staying this way is Garland letting the game come to him as opposed to forcing things. So during this 18 to 20 stretch, they haven't had anybody forcing anything. And that's where you're, you're going to have success. Mitchell has a couple of times, but they needed him to, and that's why you have a star. But outside of that, Nobody's really forced anything, and Garland's fallen in line. Can it work long-term? That's a great question. We're going to have to wait and see how it plays out. But it's looked good for the most part so far. Sammy, thanks, buddy. Hoopswire.com, hoopswire.com, where you can read all of Sam's work covering the Cavs and the NBA. Thanks, bud. All right, guys. Thanks for having me. We'll talk to you soon. Sam, joining us on the North Olmstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Mitchell has a couple of times, but they needed him to, and that's why you have a star. But outside of that, nobody's really forced anything, and Garland's fallen in line. Can it work long-term? That's a great question. We're going to have to wait and see how it plays out. But it's looked good for the most part so far. Oh, Sam Amico from HoopsWire.com joining us uh, last segment right here on Baskin and Phelps. I'm Jeff Phelps. My buddy over there is Andy Baskin. Cavaliers getting ready to roll it, uh, roll it back. Orlando Magic. Coming up on Thursday. And right now, Andy, the Cavs are sitting in second place in the Eastern Conference. They're behind the Boston Celtics by a significant number of games, by six. Uh, can you catch Boston? Well, sure, numerically you can do that. Realistically, I don't think that's possible because I just don't see Boston coming back. You know, I, I, The Cavs could play great basketball. The Celtics might not lose enough games the rest of the way to make that even possible. But you never know. We only have Boston one more time. For the rest of the season, regular season? Yep. March 5th. I, I just think the Celtics are are clearly the best regular season team so far, and we'll see, you know, if that if that holds true. But the rest of the the rest of the Eastern Conference, and I know in talking to, to Fedor in the past and uh, other folks around the NBA, they say it's it's susceptible, it's vulnerable right now. And and I can see that, but I think there's another side to this. I think the Cavs can hang on to the second spot in the standings. I really do. And the reason why Milwaukee has not been good since Doc took over, 3-7, and seven, he's trying to change the way they play defense, and they're not changing much of anything for the, for the better right now. I think by the time the playoffs get here, they'll be a different team and not a team that you would want to play. I think they're still, along with the Celtics, probably the favorites in the Eastern Conference. But – 
They've got to get it together. And by having to get it together means they might not be able to put together enough of a, of a run, not be good enough for a bulk of the rest of the regular season to catch the Cavs. The Knicks, I don't think they'll – they could make a run, but I maybe. 76ers without Embiid, no, I don't see that happening. Pacers, Heat, Magic, Bulls, no. So I think the Cavs have a great opportunity if they stay healthy to hang on to the number two seed. The issue with all that is this. Pick who you want to play in the first round. Yeah. And and so though the East might be vulnerable, I think there are enough good teams in the Eastern Conference that everybody's going to have a tough first-round matchup. In For instance, I don't want to play Miami in the first round. Yeah, I keep hearing you say that. I wouldn't want to play Indiana in the first round. <clears throat> I keep wouldn't want that. to play the 76ers in the first round if they continue to drop. Wouldn't mind playing the Bulls or the Magic. But still, I, I think there's enough talent that even the Celtics, whoever they end up playing, will we'll have a challenging, if they end up first, will have a challenging first-round series. And so so that's a, to me, it's a little weird disparity in the East. Yeah, vulnerable, but yeah, pretty good teams all the way through the playoff spots. So it's weird. Like I was just kind of looking ahead to the schedule, Jeff, and you I think you only have 10 home games left until the end of the regular season. So the majority of these games are on the road, and they've got – Where the Cavs have played pretty well. Yeah, uh, but really interesting that if you're going to be battling for that two spot, come end of March, you've got that West Coast trip that is just – i don't. that's the longest trip they'll have from the second half of the season. might be the longest of the year. They're at Denver, Utah, Phoenix, Lakers, Clippers from March 31st to April 7th. And if you're battling for that second spot, um, you're going to have to do that and, and kind of take care of business on the road. Because then you come home and you end the season at home against Memphis, Indiana, and Charlotte. But who knows what those games are going to mean by that time. Especially, I, I guess if it stays within two, two and a half games, Maybe there'll be some meaning to those games at the end of the season at home, those three. But that trip out west, man, they've got a couple. They got New Orleans, Houston, and Indiana, too, on the road mid-March. I don't know. I'm just looking at the schedule. It doesn't look like it's – for as much as they're on the road, it doesn't look very fun, especially if you're battling for and jockeying for, for a position. playoff spot. Yeah. Clearly, it's going to come down to, Andy, what are you going to do in the playoffs? And you've got to be a better playoff team than you were last year. I don't know that you are, and we won't know that until they get there. You know, they, they they had trouble with the Knicks. We know that. Are you a better team than you were last year? I think you are. I do. And we'll see if they're able to continue to play this style of basketball come playoff time. Because what usually happens in the playoffs, teams have a chance to focus in on your tendencies, have a chance to prepare for you, not just once or twice, but, you know, up to four games, many as seven, and they can focus in on things and take away what you do best. That was, and I, I would think what that would do if you're going up against any team, it would revert to what they're maybe more familiar with. And what they might be more familiar with is what you see a lot in the playoffs from any team, which is give it to your star and get out of the way or your two stars. I, I will tell you though, I am like I'm really excited for the the last half of the season. I want to see what, especially because look, they won 18 out of 20, and some like I remember having an argument at the beginning great, of the year. I'm like, run. this doesn't look right. Like, and you know, we were talking about 
you know, duplication of services at uh, at the guard spot. But yes, somehow, some way, like the arguments I kept having with people was like, you know what? I don't know that these guys really know each other the way we think we want them to know each other and that the chemistry isn't really right there and that they did bring in some other guys in the offseason. And then, boom, the chemistry hits when you've got the injuries. And then you continue to play well after those guys come back. I This could be one of the most interesting stretch runs we've seen in a long time. I mean, it might be one of the biggest outside of the LeBron era, right? That you're sitting here and you're saying, wow, this team, they're sitting on the second seed. Really? And and this could be a lot of fun. I don't I, – I, I, we just all have like this – I don't know what we all do, but there's a nervous energy about what happened against the Knicks last year because I think we wanted a little bit more, especially well, if sure. you made the investment. Sure. So A huge investment. And if, if, you know, if it doesn't pay off this year, you're going to wonder, okay, well, what are you going to do? And, and at that point, Andy, you might even need the thought process. This will sound absurd. At that point, it's like, okay, we did this twice and it didn't work. You didn't get out of the first round or maybe you get out of the first round, whatever it ends up being. If it doesn't succeed, it's the NBA. NBA stands for not for long. Oh, wait a minute, that's the other league. But it's the same thing. And I would think you might readjust and think, all right, is this roster what's going to work for us or not? I would think you're not going to get another shot at it if it doesn't, do you? One more. One more it's run. It's the last year with Donovan Mitchell under contract. Yeah, I, I would think that's not necessarily true. If you can get him to hang, I don't well, know. That's, I, I, see, that's. I mean, there's just that's, no that's, reason. That changes the narrative completely if you if you're able to get him to sign long term. Yeah, but I, the other thing is, I don't know that we're. I mean, he's doing all the right things, right? He's not sure. saying anything. Well, Andy, look, people say he's happy here. You know what? So are you. So am I. Yeah. Why? Why wouldn't he be happy here? Plays for a good organization that spends money. They treat their players in a really first class. And they manner. will spend money to keep him. Absolutely. Here. It's it, not like he's I mean, he's but, gonna make the money but if he wants to stay a, here. He, like every other NBA free agent, is allowed to do anything he wants. Correct. And that, you know, just just because you're you like someplace doesn't mean you wouldn't move to someplace else. And that's he has every right to do that. You know, that it's what's every, the motivation. That's right. the question. And and at this point in his career, if you're gonna make a move, this is is the time to do it. I mean, he's playing great ball. He's putting up great numbers. He'll get a huge contract. Do you need every last dime? No, I I wouldn't think so, but that's not my, you know, I'm not the accountant on this deal. But, you know, it's he has that right if he wants to. Daryl's in Euclid. Hi, Daryl. Hey, Daryl. Hey, everybody. How you guys doing, man? Good, good. good. Hey, you know what, man? I've been trying to be optimistic, but I tell you what, it's, it's hard. I really don't see a difference in this team from last year to this year. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not a bigger staff fan because with the talent that he has on the floor, it's still the same drive and kick, isolation basketball, got to rely on D. The only thing that I see is different is that we could go a little deeper off the bench with the guy Porter hoping that he could match up with Brunson if, we, if that happened. But when you guys say they're different, I need someone to explain to me where and how. What do you see different? Do you see a different offense? Do you see a different defense? Do you see what thing stands out to you? That it's says it's that this, Carol. It's it's this during this stretch, and it started. You know, really when Evan and uh, and Darius went out, I just think the ball has moved a little bit more, and by the ball moving, you know. 
when you have a ball dominant player or the ball is sticking in somebody's hands, offenses are easier to defend. I think the ball's moved. It's led to more shots. It's led to more activity for other guys. Can you sustain that? Yeah. Can you sustain it in the playoff series? There's the big question. I, well, I, think, it's, I think it's a better way to play offense, though, don't you? I, I would hope so, but there's a big question because if that's all you got and you run into Tom Thibodeau or one of the good coaches in the East, they're going to adjust to that, and you're not going to adjust after that because that's one thing that I don't see J.B. Bickerstaff do is adjust. He showed us that last year, so when they shut down plan A, they shut down isolation basketball, right? Okay, if we have an off night and those shooters aren't shooting well, and we need to run plays to get to the basket, which they don't do, you're in trouble. All right, Daryl. Thank you. And see that there's the question. And, and we talked about this last week, even Andy. It's it's this. Man, you're playing great basketball. At this point, what does great basketball do for you? It doesn't even eliminate the question that Daryl's talking about, like in the playoffs. No, know? I agree. I, I I totally get what he's saying. To me, I think chemistry has a little bit more to do with it, and uh, and the way they're moving the basketball right now. I that to me is what jumps off the page. But I agree that we just don't know what they're going to look like in a series. Cuz and I think we all fear that what we yeah. the last time they were in a series where we were all completely underwhelmed and just kind of shocked after having such a good season to just be just manhandled by the Knicks. So that's hanging over their heads and they know it and they know they're going to have to perform uh to you know to prove to everybody that they can win a series. I mean, I'm not talking about Eastern Conference Finals. I'm just saying you need to prove it to Cavalier fans that you can win a series. The the roster mix is something that you know I haven't liked since day one, and it's not this team. It's I I don't like I don't like backcourts where you have two six one guards. It it's not ideal. Doesn't mean it can't work, but if it does work, you'll be one of the first to ever you know make it work in a huge huge way. Uh, that said, it it's it's a balance, Andy. Kind of like what we talked about with the Eastern Conference. All right, yeah, it's vulnerable, but there are a lot of good teams. With the Cavs, it's this. Boy, are they playing well, and they have a great young core. Okay, but if the clock is ticking because the best guy on the team can opt out after next year, and you can't allow that to happen, which means if he wants to opt out, you've got to move him. And if you can't re-sign him, how long do you do you wait? You know what I mean? You You cannot go into next year and not have a good idea if, Darius, or if uh, Donovan Mitchell wants to stay or not. I mean, you kind of got to know. So is you could take that young core and roll it back for another two or three years, except for the fact that Donovan Mitchell can choose not to be a part of that. You know? And so it, it's weird. Love Hard the, to walk away if you're him, though, if they're going to give you the max and you're going to no, – right now you're sitting there no. at number two and who knows what the future is, especially if you can kind of mess up the future for Boston or whatever's behind. I mean, look, I think there are a lot of good teams in the East and I don't – Think, but I also think that maybe they're just one thing away, or just like on the edge, or could be close. It's and not. I don't know what the change is. It's not hard for I. I wouldn't think any any player in the NBA to walk away from anything, and I say that because it happens all the time with superstar players. Right. And and it comes down to this: he's going to get paid a ton of money if if he's had the least bit of financials, you know, smarts with his agents and investors and everything else. He's probably got more money now than he'll ever spend in the rest of his life. 
So uh, you never know. I I know that, but as I said, I gave a little caveat there. It's it's just a guy's allowed to choose where he wants to play, and so I just think that needs to be kept in mind. So you've got that clock ticking while the rest of this young crew is really coming along nicely. It will be, and you're right, a fascinating last third of the season. It's Baskin and Phelps here on The Fan. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 